everybody. I'm going to pray for Nathan, who's teaching for us this morning. I uh, hope. Uh, I just want to say I just had a really great time at Burrow and Lights, and I know a lot of you helped out at Burrow and Lights, so I want to thank you very much for your help. Um, I know some of you couldn't be there. Your prayers were appreciated. Uh, lots of great interactions at Burrow and Lights this past weekend, so thank you for your help and support there for the sake of the gospel. Uh, I just want to pray for Nathan as he's going to bring the word today from Luke 1, talking through Zechariah. So if you would uh, allow me, let me pray for Nathan. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you so much that we can come and sit under your word, and I pray that your spirit would work through your word today to change us as people. I pray that as we're celebrating the season of Advent where you have come to push back the darkness, that in the hearts of man where darkness is and lives and breathes, you came to shine a great light. And I pray as we look at at Advent today through the eyes of Zechariah, I pray that you would continue that message in our hearts. I pray that through the Spirit, through your word, you would bring about change for us to look more and more like you, taking your glory with us wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. So like Justin, that mic is really loud. I'm not used to loud mics. Um, so like Justin said, um, I am teaching through uh, Zachariah. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Nathan McCargo. I am one of the elders here at Monsieur Day Church, um, and so we're going to walk through Zachariah. Zachariah's story is not the typical Christmas story, um, the angels, the wise men, the, the manger, the, all of those things. Zachariah's story falls um, a little bit before then, um, and so I'm going to read through Zachariah's story. We'll walk through it together, and I think you'll see how it all ties together in the end. Um, Our sermon summary for today that we posted earlier this week um, is Zechariah is an important lesson surrounding the birth of Jesus. He, in reality, had nothing to do with Jesus directly, but his role play, but the role to play shows us who should never take, I'm sorry, um, Jesus directly, but his role to play shows us we should never take the word of the Lord for granted. In Zechariah, we learn the importance of faith in God. And that's what this story is about, uh, faith in God um, in the story of Zechariah. Um, so I've got some details here for you uh, for Zechariah, who Zechariah is. Um, Zechariah is a priest. Um, Zechariah um, is a priest from the priestly line of Abijah. Um, and so Zechariah um, and his team were appointed a time to come to the temple, and they were appointed to pretty much run the temple for um, a number of days as their service, their ministry. Um, and so Zechariah is there for his appointed ministry. He's away from his wife, Elizabeth. Um, Zechariah is up in age. So Zechariah is in his 60s. His wife is in her 60s, late 60s. Um, and so he's there. He's doing his ministry. Um, and so 
he is chosen by a lot system. Um, the lot system that he is chosen by is a system that David set up when he established the temples. You can find this in 1 Corinthians 24 10. Um, 1 Corinthians 24 10 walks you through the lot system and how it was set up from all the different priestly lines that were set, when they were to appear, how they were supposed to function when they got into the temple, what offerings were supposed to be given, when they were to be given, how they were supposed to be given. There is a ton of details as to you cannot, you must not, you must all of those things concerning the offerings that are given. There is a specific offering, which I thought was very interesting for uh, Zechariah and his wife that he was giving in this story here, um, and that is the incense offering. He's given an incense offering. Uh, the incense offering, um, well, let me first tell you about the incense altar. Um, God set up the incense altar. I'm and placed the incense altar in the temple. So the temple had different sections. Um, the sections stemmed from the front door. You'd walk through different sections, and only certain people could go into certain sections. If you crossed through the curtain of a certain section unworthy, or you were not supposed to be in there, it was instant death for you. So there's only certain people that God allowed to enter through the different sections, all the way through the most holy, which is the final section in the temple where the Ark of the Covenant and other places were. And that's where uh, the mercy seat of God was. God would come down and talk to his people. Um, and so Zechariah is here at the temple in the morning. Um, he's ready to give his incense prayer. Um, and so he, he walks into the temple. He does what he normally does. He grabs his incense. The altar for incense is placed directly outside the curtain where the most holy of holies is. So it's the holy and then the most holy of holies where the ark of covenant, the mercy seat and all of those things are. Um, and so he brings his offering into there. Now the incense offering is a smoke offering. So you burn the specific incense, the spices and so forth. You burn that offering and it is to be, and it signifies an offering of prayer. So the church had morning and evening prayer. And each day, the priest would go in, the appointed priest by the lot system um, that was set up, would go in and he would offer the incense offering to say, we are offering prayers to the Lord. And he would put that incense on that offering in the morning and the evening. So the whole crowd joined in. They're all standing outside the temple. Um, and they're, they're beginning their prayers for the morning. Um, and Zechariah goes in. He sets the incense offering. He's in there giving the incense offering. Um, and so while he's there, um, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, shows up and appears to him. Now, every time we see an angel shows up, one thing is for sure it's going to happen. People are afraid. Because the angels show up. The angels are bright. The angels just appear out of nowhere. I promise you, angels, that between Mike and Andrew right now, pretty sure all of us would be like, whoa, what was that? What, who is it? Why are they so bright? I need sunglasses. You're too much right now. So um, the angel shows up. So here's Zachariah. He's doing his normal everyday thing as his appointed time and all of those things. You know, your morning routine. You get up, you do what you do, and you keep moving and, and so forth. Not that he's taking the uh, his priesthood lightly, but he's doing his morning routine and all these things. And then this anomaly, this angel appears, Gabriel. And uh, Gabriel has some things to share with Zechariah. Um, and he says to Zechariah, God will answer your prayer for a son. Let me pause there really quick. Zechariah and his wife are in their 60s. Um, 
Elizabeth is the one who could not conceive. Um, and so it's been a long time that the two of them have been praying in faith, believing God that they will have a kid. Zachariah, more importantly for him as a man, is praying for a son so that his lines can continue on, especially being that it is a priestly line. He's praying for those things. Um, and so here's this angel who says, God will answer your prayer for a son. And this son will prepare the way for the Lord. And he says to him, he said, listen, this son is going to be somebody great. He's going to be all these things. He's going to be joy and delight for you who have been waiting for all this time. He's going to be joy and delight for you. He's going to turn people towards the Lord. Um, um, he's going to turn people towards the Lord. He's going to turn their wicked hearts away from everything and turn them back towards the Lord. He's going to turn fathers towards their children. Um, I was reading through this passage multiple times this week, um, and every time I cross over, he will turn fathers towards your children. Um, every time my brain went to the number of fatherless children that are out there, and I'm thinking, you know what? The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to turn the heart of a wayward father back towards his family, back towards his children. And that message was being spoken long time ago, that you know what? Fathers are jacking it up. Fathers are messing it up. And God's heart is saying, you know what? This message needs to turn father's heart back to their children. I'm going to pause right there really quick. If you are a father, be about your children. Be about your children. That's what you need to do. Be all about your children. Be about your family. Be about those things. Forget the other things that are out there, the sports, the video games, the, whatever else is out there. Be about your children your and your family. If you're not a father, um, <clears throat> be about your children when you get your children one day. Um, so, And then those who know that fathers should be about their children, encourage those who are faltering with being fathers. Encourage them to be fathers. Um, be fathers to their children. It's so important. And you see God's heart here early on in this passage and early on in Scripture in Zechariah. You see him saying, I want fathers' hearts towards their children, to care for their children, to love their children, to be the first pastor for their children, to care for their children. So um, that was one of the messages that John was going to bring, to turn disobedience to righteousness. Um, so he, he came and, and, and um, he wanted him to um, be, be the one to, to say, you know what, this is what God has set up as the right way. And I'm here to tell you this is the way that things should go. And I'm here to help you see that and help you get to where you need to be. And then he says he will herald the Lord's coming. Um, and so John um, is the one who prepares the way for Christ's coming. He's the one that says, I am I'm coming to tell you these things. And these things I tell you are great in all of these things. But I am not it. The one who follows me is the one who is going to bring peace. Who's the one who's going to bring joy. He's the one who's going to bring hope. He's the one who's going to bring comfort. He's the one who's going to bring all of those things. And so the son that this angel is telling Zechariah about is the man who's going to prepare the way for the Lord's coming when he comes. And so he's in there. He's given this and said, 
um, offering. He is in there, and this angel shows up and says, listen, your prayers have been answered. You're going to have a son, and your son's going to be great in all these things. And so Zechariah has a response. His response is disbelief that it is even true. I think each of us can understand that. Each of us can understand that response. There's a lot of things that each of us pray for day in and day out. Each of us are concerned about. There's a lot of things that we feel, and it seems like days, months, years go by, and we, we don't see any change. We don't see anything happening. We don't, any of those things. And so here's this angel of the Lord shows up to him and says, you're going to have a son. He's like, okay, <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> I'm 60-something, and my wife is is 60 something and we've proven that she's unable to conceive and, and so forth and and you show up now and say hey you're gonna have a son and i'm like uh, okay yeah sure <laughs> all right all right um and so he has doubt and he has disbelief that this is even true and so then gabriel gives him a a response and he says uh really <laughs> do you not know who i am and he says I, i'm the angel of the lord when you read in scripture, it's an angel of the Lord. Most of the time, it's Gabriel that comes and says, listen, I've got a message from the Lord. He says, you, do you know where I come from? Um, the, the angels sit with God the Father. They're right outside God the Father. So not only am I the angel of the Lord, this spokesperson to step in and say, hey, I'm the angel of the Lord. He was just with God the Father. And so he's telling Zachariah, like, wait a minute. You're here giving this incense offering. I show up, the angel of the Lord, um, and say to you, you're going to have a kid and you have doubt. Why do you have doubt? What, what is going on here? And he says, did, did you not even hear the word of what I told you? So I'm the angel of the Lord. I came directly from God and said to you, here's what you're going to have, and you have doubt. So the angel says to him, he says, um, silence is what you will have. You will not speak. You will not open your mouth. You will not say anything for the 9.5 months of um, the time that your wife is going to be conceived and then have this baby. You're not going to say a word. You're not going to say anything. So he says all of that to him. um, And so here we are. He's been in here. He's been in here giving his incense offering. Angel of the Lord shows up, and he's fearful, and then the angel says what he says, and he says, I don't really believe all this. And he says, okay, great. Now you don't speak. You have nothing to say. You sit in silence. And we'll see when the time has come, when God's appointed time has come, you um, will see, and then you'll be able to speak. So mind you, outside the temple are all these people who came from morning prayer, and they're still out there saying, well, wait a minute. What's going on? Where is Zachariah at? He's been in there for a while. Did he cross through the other curtain? Is he dead? What's going on? Where is he at? What happened to him? What's going on? So I'm actually going to turn to um, the scriptures um, for that section and read that section for you as soon as I find it here. So, I don't have a reference here. I apologize. It is close to 25. I'm going to look that up. So, Luke 1, 5 through 25, I'm actually going to look that up here, is where we're at. We're closer towards the end of that section of Scripture. 
Luke 1. Bear with me, I do apologize. And it didn't look right because that was Luke 5. I'm like, what is this in my hand? I don't understand. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's see. It says in verse 21, it says, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. When he did not come out, when he did come out, he could not speak. Then they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept making signs to them and remained speechless. And so when the days of his ministry were completed, he went back home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. And so Zechariah comes out and the people are like, oh, he's out. He did this offering. He did the intense offering. And wait, there's something wrong. He's, he's, not, he's not talking to us. Normie comes out and, and finishes the prayer. Normie comes out and he's not talking. He's not doing anything. And then they realize something had happened. And he's not talking. He's not whatever. He had a vision. He had some type of vision. So his ministry time comes to an end, and he goes home to his wife. I had to chuckle a little bit. He's away on ministry, and he comes back home, and instantly she conceives. I'm saying, okay, all right. He came home from being away for a while, and all of a sudden, um, he conce- she conceives. And so Elizabeth hides away for a while. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why is she hiding away? This is a great thing. Why are you not out here saying, oh, this is, this is awesome and whatever? Elizabeth hides away in seclusion for a while, and, and she's praising the Lord and saying, you know what? It has been such a lengthy time. We've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. 60 years, 60 some odd years of age and all the news in the world from all the doctors, from all the whatever. And we have conceived a child. Um, She's saying, you know what? I'm just going to settle in with this for five months. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy, enjoy this. So. And she says something really, really awesome. And and it speaks to the time, but it also speaks to us, too. Um, She says. Um, how kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Um, The past couple of years, past two years or so, um, I've had two friends, two different um, friends that have struggled to have children. I'm talking like doctors after doctors in this type of program and that type of program and pills and this and that and back and forth and all of these things and just watch them day in, day out, month after month and believing and saying, you know, we, we'd love to have a child. Do we, do I get a second job to be able to afford these programs that we're paying for that our insurance is starting to not cover? And, and, or do I, do I, do I put, um, some eggs over here and freeze them and do like there's so much out there to try and conceive and we've watched and watched and watched and watched and watched and then you get to the exciting moment of they've both conceived and the excitement surrounding that um and here's the thing when you've had a number of miscarriages when you've had a number of issues surrounding it 
you kind of understand a little bit more where Elizabeth is coming from and holding a little bit here before she runs out here and says, hey, we conceived. She's not really running out there and saying that because, you know, it's been a while now and I, I want to hold and just make sure here. Um, but um, we've got to watch. We've got to see. I think the one child now is one and the other one was just born uh, a month ago, a month and a half ago. Um, and so it's been really, really awesome, especially as a pastor and, and someone who is talking into unbelievers' lives. Um, and they say to you, hey, will you, will you pray for us? Will you all of those things? You then get the opportunity to say, you know what? God, God loves you, and this is his blessing upon you um, in this and that he has given you a child um, in, that, in this regard. So she's in hiding. She's waiting and all of those things. Um, and then that time comes. And so I'm going to read on in through um, Luke, Luke 1, uh, verses 57 through 80. It's a little bit of a chunk of scripture, but I want to read it because I think we need to understand and hear and see um, everything that's going on here. Uh, For those who are wondering, I'm reading in the HCSB. Um, and not the ESV. I felt that it had a, a little bit better um, wording for for it. So that's why I'm reading in that. Um, if you want to switch over on your device, if you can do so. Um, so this is Luke 1, verses 57 through 80. And this foretell, well, this doesn't foretell. This is the actual birth of John. And it says, now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth. And she had a son. Then her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her his great mercy, and they rejoiced with her. When they came to circumcision the child on the eighth day, when they came to circumcise the child on the eighth day, they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. Let me stop right there for you. I know of no one that when they have a kid, friends, family members, and all of this get together and say, hey, we're going to name your child this. Here's what we're going to name your child. I don't know anybody that does that. And so here's everybody to get together. The eighth day, you do the circumcision, the circumcise. All these people are getting together, and they're saying, Zachariah, it has been all of this time. You've prayed for a son. We've got to pray with you. We've got to rejoice with you. We've got all of these things. We've got to cry with you when you were sad, when you didn't have a son, all of that. We're going to name the son Zachariah is what we're doing. Right. It makes sense to me. Of course, it's Zachariah. And so, mind you, Zachariah is still not talking. And so the mother of the child, Elizabeth, says, no, no, no. He will be called John. Let's read on. Verse 61. Then they said to her, none of your relatives have that name. So these people are saying, John. Where'd you get John from? That's crazy. Zachariah should be the name or pick one of your other relatives and pick their name. At least it keeps with the family name and all of these things. John. What? So like most people do and like little kids do, one person's not giving you the answer you want. Run to the other one. So they run to Zachariah and they say to him. So they motioned to his father, Zachariah, to find out what he wanted him to be called. Zechariah asked for a writing tablet and wrote, I have in all bold, 
his name is John. So now you have the mother saying his name is John. They're like, no, it can't be John. No, it has to be Zachariah. And then you have the father saying, in bold, in writing, saying, his name's John. And they're like, oh, okay. So immediately at that point, his mouth was open and his tongue was set free. And he began to speak, praising God. Fear came on all those who lived around them. And all these things were being talked about throughout the hill of the country of, of Judea. All who heard about him took it to heart, saying, What then will this child become? For indeed the Lord's hand was with him. And so you have the battle back and forth. The family saying, no, 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 John, Zechariah, John, Zechariah, John, Zechariah. And Zechariah opens his mouth, which if you've been around him for this long, he's not said anything. He's been writing on these tablets and handing them to you, and you've been talking to him. He's been writing and handing you this tablet and so forth. Um, and so all of a sudden, he opens his mouth and says, praise be to God for this son. And people are saying, whoa, wait a minute. He's talking. And they're saying, this has been a miracle all, these, all this time. What will this son of theirs then be? And so Zechariah gets to share with them all of this information that he learned nine and a half months, nine or so months ago in the temple while he was in there. He gets to finally open his mouth and share. And mind you, he has a lot to say. Zechariah prophesies. Verse 67 of Luke 1, it says, Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise the Lord God, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David, just as he spoke, just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophet in ancient times. Salvation from our enemies and from the clutches of those who hate us. He has dealt mercifully with our fathers and remembered his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham, he has given us the privilege since we have been rescued from our enemies' clutches to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness. In his presence, all our days. And so Zechariah prophesies and says, there is coming a great light. There is coming someone who's going to rescue us. There is coming this Jesus that is going to free us from the clutches of our enemies. There is coming someone who's going to rescue us, remove our fear. Who's good. God's dealt with us mercifully. He is sending this person, this great person, this Jesus. He is sending him. And because he is sending him, he is also going to send this son that we just had. John, a.k.a. John the Baptist, who we know. So here's what he says about his son. Let me get my place here again. And this child you will be called a prophet of the Most High. So Jesus, the Most High God, this son will be called the prophet, the one who will go before, who will say, this is the Most High God. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people 
knowledge of salvation through the righteousness of their sins. Bear with me one second. I need to... All right. Um, Of their sins. Because of God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew up and became spiritually strong and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance. So Zechariah, after so many months, opens his mouth and says, Jesus is coming. God has sent us someone to remove the remove us from captivity, remove us from all that we deal with, all the pain, all the hurt, the peace he brings with him, the hope he brings with him. And my son, John, will herald this coming of Jesus Christ. He will bring in um, the most high God. That is what my son will do. And so we tie it all together. We tie it all together um, in from verse 79 in through Isaiah 9. Um, Isaiah 9 happened long time before this happened. And so if you could turn over to Isaiah 9, we're going to read Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9 is going to tell us um, some of the things, same things. In Isaiah 9, verse 2. Isaiah 9, verse 2, we read, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light a light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness so here is isaiah and here is isaiah prophesying the same exact thing that zechariah is saying about the light that has come so you have Zachariah and Elizabeth, you have them who haven't had a kid. All of a sudden, angel shows up. He shows up and says, you're going to have a kid. Zachariah says, eh, I don't know. And he says, well, then you'll be silent for a number of years. Not a number of years. That's a long time to have a baby. <laughs> so uh, for a couple of months, and then you will speak. And when you speak, I want you to say these things. And he says, when they have this kid, and they're at the circumcision, a little battle there about the naming, but it's going to be John. And he says, this son of ours that we've waited for so long is going to herald the good news of Jesus Christ. He is going to crack through the darkness. He is going to break through with marvelous light into the lives of darkness and death. He's going to heal. He's going to bring forth light. If you read on through the rest of Isaiah 9, there's rejoicing, there's broken of oppressive, there's breaking of oppressive yokes, there's trampling of boots in battle. Um, and then verse 6 says the verse that we all know very well in this season of Advent. And verse 6 says, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. And so Isaiah says here, from darkness into the darkness, 
Darkness does not scare God into the darkness, into our lives, into our fears, into our guilt, into our disgrace, into any area of our, of our life. This is he who has come. This is he who is coming. And so John the Baptist is that guy who heralds that message saying, here comes the Christ, the one who was foretold years ago. Here he comes. He has come to shine light into darkness. Verse 78 of Luke 1. Luke 1, verse 78. Luke 1, verse 78 says, Because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And so what is it? What is it today for you um, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what pains, what guilt, what whatever you carry, but know something in this season that Christ came. God sent his son. And through this story, Zachariah and his wife had faith, some doubts, but had faith that God was going to do something great. And God showed up and did something great and provided them not just a normal everyday son, they provided him the son that was going to be the mouthpiece for God. And so what is it for you? Where does Christ, where does God need to dawn, break through darkness in your life? What is it? Is it a sin that you carry day in and day out? Does he need to break through that? Is it just guilt? Does he need to break through that? Is it just um, being uncontent? Is that it? Especially this time of year, is are we not content? Does he need to break through that? What does he need to break through in your life? Allow him to do so. Um, I'm going to shift into our time. Jesse walked through what our service looks like. We've gone through the teaching of the word, and then we respond um, to that. Um, I'm going to have each of us close our eyes um, and, and just prepare to pray. I have one last thing that I wanted to read before we shift into a respond. Zechariah continued to pray, even into his old age, that God would grant him and Elizabeth a son. Little did they know that that son God was going to give them would be the mouthpiece for the light that would shine into our darkness, my darkness, your darkness. This perfect light brings with him hope, peace, and joy. This perfect light is aptly named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and the Prince of Peace. This perfect light is Jesus. If you get nothing else from this lesson, if you get nothing else from this Advent season, get this one point, that God, because of his merciful compassion dawned on your life and dawned on my life. He shined light, radiant light into our lives, lived in darkness and the shadow of death. 
he brings one message salvation from this darkness through forgiveness of our sins by the light jesus christ spend some time in prayer um talk with the lord thank him for this gift um that he brings talk to him about the areas that are dark that he wants to shine light into allow him to do so let this be a season that you say you know what i i understand the prince of peace that came I understand the wonderful counselor that came. I understand the mighty God. I understand the eternal father because he shined light into this area of my life. I'll allow you to spend some time um, and we will sing our last song.